If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive with their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. guys good wow I, I had some uh, a really surreal experience today where I I saw people that I've gotten to know over the past three or four months as they've joined our church and started serving and all that and then today I saw their face for the first time and it's I don't know if you've had this experience it's this like surreal like I feel like I know you and then I had this wait we've talked every week for the last three months so it's great to see a bunch of smiling faces out there thank you for being here at Three Crosses. We're in a series called the Psalm, based on the Psalms of Ascent called Psalms for the Summer Road. And like Pastor Randy said, we are following the emotions of the Psalms from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, tracking with this movement of God's people from their foreign cities away from Jerusalem to the holy mountain of Jerusalem. And so we've talked about lament. We've talked about lifting our eyes up to the Lord. And today, in God's sovereign plan, on the first Sunday that it kind of feels like things are starting to get back to normal again, we look at Psalm 124, uh, where the theme, I entitled the sermon, we made it barely. <laughs> we, we made it through this season alive, but, but we almost didn't make it. I don't know if you've ever had an experience in your life where you narrowly escaped with your life, but that's how I feel like 2020 and the beginning of 2021 was for me and a lot of other people. It felt like a season where, like the psalmist said, if the Lord would not have been on our side, we would, have not, we would not have made it. We would have been consumed. The dragon would have swallowed us. The floodwaters would have destroyed us. We barely escaped with our life. You know, the emotion of Psalm 124 reminds me of emotional moments in my life where I feel like I narrowly escaped death. I have this vivid memory as a high school student driving down 580 towards the church. I wasn't going to the church. It was like 2 in the morning, and this Mustang came onto the freeway and just almost sideswiped me. I turned the wheel and started spinning. My car spun like two or three times to the left. Then we're facing the center uh, divide, and so I turn this way. We start spinning the other way. Everyone in my car is screaming like, ah, it's slow motion, car finally stopped and I see all these headlights coming at me and I'm trying to get the car started. I'm trying to put it in first gear and finally got off the freeway and I went to McDonald's into the parking lot and just like had two feelings that were the same words but in a different vibe. The first one was we almost died. Like this like exhilarating, oh my gosh, we didn't die. And then this grave like we almost died. Like we almost died out there on the freeway. This was so scary. It's a feeling that I felt one time I got caught between a mother bear and her cubs in Yellowstone National Park. Like, oh, cute little bears. Ah, right. I almost died today. I remember walking down a pathway in the forest. This is why you should never go outside. I was walking down a pathway in the forest one time with a couple of buddies. I was in Boy Scouts. We were hiking and, and we hear this like, what is that noise? What is that noise? And then boom, and all of us just like jumped off the ground and we turned around, and this like 60-foot tree 
that had been alive for probably 80 years decided to fall right as we walked past it and it like skimmed the back of us. And we had this like moment of exhilaration, like, whoa! And then, whoa! <laughs> I almost died today. Psalm 124 is a psalm that feels like the COVID-19 season, one where we are praising the Lord that we are alive, we made it, here we are! But at the same time, we're feeling like this was hard. And this was a year that if it wasn't for the Lord, I don't know if I could have done this. I don't know if I would have made it. I don't know if my faith would still be where it is today if it wasn't for the Lord. I don't think we would have made it through this mess. I've talked to a number of people that coming back to church kind of feels like that for them. And on one hand, it's like really exciting to come back and to worship. And on the other hand, it kind of feels like we've all been in a coma for like a year and a half. And we come back and the world has moved on without us. And I remember the first time we had church in this room after the, the hardest part of the pandemic. And I met this woman who was coming out and she was just bawling crying and we're hugging she's like I just love being back here and it's amazing to be with God's people and I just keep crying and I don't even know why I keep crying and it reminded me of the book of Ezra when there's a moment where they're re-pouring the foundations of the temple after the temple was destroyed and the people come back to worship and as they're praising the Lord everyone is weeping while they're praising and the commentators say, we don't know if they were weeping because they were happy or, or they were weeping because the new temple stunk in comparison with the old temple or they're weeping because the new days weren't as good as the old days or they're weeping because they just went through 70 years of captivity and it was hard and lives were lost and people didn't return with them. They were crying for a thousand reasons because the season they went through was so hard and the reality that they were stepping into just didn't feel normal. I think it's God's will that he brought us to this place in our series where we wrestle with the emotions that, that we made it, but we almost didn't make it. Today I want to walk through the themes of Psalm 124 and hit those two sides of the coin. We're going to talk about the fact that, praise God, we made it. We are here. You made it. Congratulations. You are in this room today or you're watching online. Your faith was not shipwrecked in this season. We made it. We're going to talk about that. Then we're going to flip the coin over and say, hey, we barely made it. I'm going to talk about some of the hard things that we experienced this last year. We're going to grieve together. I'm going to apologize for some things today that just I have not done well over the last 16 months. Say, we made it. We made it barely. And then I'm going to give you a little glimpse of where we're going in the future because I'm really excited of the season God has for us, but, but I don't think I've communicated well where our church is and where our church is going. So we're going to talk about that today from Psalm 124. So if you haven't turned there yet, turn to Psalm 124. Psalm 124, the psalmist just keeps saying the same thing in different ways. And the first thing that the psalmist is saying are three words, and you can write them down and rejoice in this for your own life, we made it. We made it. It's been a tough year, but we made it. I have these, this vivid memory. This is a memory I probably will never forget of last March. It's a Tuesday, I think, in March, and I pulled our leadership team here together at the church, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm watching this pandemic thing, and these new reports from our governor and things are coming out. There's a chance we're not going to be able to meet on church, at church on Sunday. What are we going to do? Right? We've met every Sunday since 1934 or something. 
we've never not met before. How do we pull this off, right? Our ministries, our youth ministries met every Wednesday since 1942, right? How can we exist if this Sunday we can't meet and they're forecasting we might not meet again until Easter? If you were here, we didn't meet on Easter. What are we gonna do, right? And so, man, it's amazing to see how our staff and volunteers like rallied. We figured out how to do church online in just a couple of days, pulling like long days, long days. Like, I remember sitting in my living room, like literally praying that this church service would emerge on people's computers and they could hear it and see it, right? And, and yet it came out, right? And people got to engage with church. We're like, we'll make it through the season. We just got to get it to Easter, right? Just imagine if we can get till Easter Sunday and we're worshiping God back in this building. It's going to be amazing. We're going to make it. And we didn't come back on Easter. And we canceled our Easter outreach. And we said, okay, but summer, right? Summer musical's going to be amazing. And No, right? No, we didn't meet this summer. And so we started using a new word, two new words we'd never used before, Zoom uh, and Pivot. It was kind of like, did you ever see that Friends episode where they're trying to get the couch up the stairs? That was me in 2020 with our staff. We had to pivot, 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 right? I started having people say, stop saying pivot, right? I felt like Ross from Friends. Stop. I'm like, pivot, pivot. And we pivoted, right? And people did it. You guys did it. I talked to Pastor Randy. We had a pastoral elder meeting last week, and he's like, the seniors, right? They pivoted. They thrived as much as you could thrive on Zoom. They made the, our seniors was the demographic we never thought was gonna be able to jump onto Zoom and they did it, they made it, right? They engaged. If you're a senior, thank you, you did it, you made it. I was back in the room on Thursday with our seniors ministry and there's people on Zoom, there's people in the room, like they're figuring it out, they figured it out. It was a crazy season, right? Our youth ministry figured it out. Zoom, Instagram, YouTube, kids ministry, YouTube, families, YouTube, men's ministry, all these videos that came out, women's ministry, did a virtual retreat. Like, we are just trying to figure it out all year long. And we're like, okay, by the time summer's over, we're going to meet as a church again, right? And then the world caught on fire, literally. We're like, okay, okay, right? Maybe this is the end of time, right? Maybe this is the end of time. But we said, we're going to do something. And so we did, our, remember our parking lot stuff we did? So all these volunteers came out, all the staff, we got cars honking. There's a really cool car with a really cool horn. I remember that. I'm having like PTSD flashbacks of a beautiful time where I'm speaking at windshields like they were transformers and saying, i I'm hoping you can hear me in your car out there. And I was, people were like, huh, huh, like, which was better than like the first four months of the pandemic when I felt like a POW in a bunker just talking to a camera, right? My lowest moment in COVID-19, I don't know if I should tell you this, uh, oh, geez, I was, I was recording a sermon and I'm just like, it was me, right? We, this was when we were sheltered in place, right? A camera was dropped on my back porch and I pulled it inside, and I set it up, and I put lighting on myself, and I'm trying to figure out how to use a camera, and I kick my family out of the house and make them walk around the block for like an hour and a half, just walking and walking, and I'm preaching to the camera. I'm trying to smile like, God's with us, guys. This is amazing. I'm thinking, can anyone hear me? Can anyone hear me? I'm blinking Morse code, and I get to the end of the sermon, and I'm like, yes, I'm done, and then I had this realization, oh, no, it's a communion Sunday. I got to do communion. So the camera, the red light's blinking. I'm running out of tape. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And this, I, our video guy had the best year because he got to watch all this stuff. 
panic, sweating, I run into my kitchen, and I, I don't know why I did this. I literally ripped open a loaf of bread through the plastic, right? And I ripped off a hunk of bread. I opened the fridge. No juice, no wine, nothing. I'm like, I found like elderberry syrup, and I poured it into a wine glass, and I topped it off with water, and I'm trying to make it look like juice, and I'm, I am literally sweating. And I run down, and I sit down in front of the camera, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And there's like times running out, and I'm like, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus Christ took bread, right? If you can go back, you probably can, go and find that and watch that communion on us. It was crazy, right? We made it. <laughs> this is better. We made it. No, our summer musical got canceled. We, we had these great plans for our Christmas outreach. We're going to do this big parking lot thing, dancers, singers, and then December, first week of December comes, and the county says, no, nothing. You can't do anything outside. New shelter in place, right? And so we pivot. And there's something good. Online, thousands of people get to hear the gospel. We, we did it. Yes, we made it. Then Easter, online. We made it. We made it. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is, a, this is a PTSD Sunday, and this is a processing Sunday. We, we made it. We're here but you can sense that emotion, right? Like, oh my gosh, this has been a hard year. Now, if you want to look back at your 2020 and kind of do what I just did, it's going to be overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> just to see all that had to change in your life with kids in school and online school and shelter in place and not traveling and canceling vacations and not seeing your family and people got sick, right? <sighs> but we made it. You know, the first verse of Psalm 124 uh, kind of gives us a glimpse uh, into this idea of making it. He says, if the Lord had not been on our side, in verse 3, they would have swallowed us alive. If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, when their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. We made it! But we almost didn't. Uh, if, if you are taking notes and you do want to know, like, the moral of the story, it's not that the human spirit can overcome all things, right? If you read the psalm or you look at our life for the last year, we made it because God got us through it. And I think that's why we need to go to the scriptures, even in moments of reflection like this, because the psalmist reminds us, if the Lord had not been on our side, we wouldn't have made it. Right? This doesn't mean that there's a battle and God is for us and he's against our enemies necessarily. Part of the imagery of this psalm is it's almost like a ship going through this really tumultuous waters and then this wind comes, the spirit of God comes and blows the ship into safer harbors. This idea of if the wind had not come, if God did not come and get us through it, we wouldn't have gotten out of this mess. But if the headwinds were stronger, we wouldn't have made it. If the wind had stopped, we would have been dead at sea. If the Lord had not blown his breath upon us, we would have never made it through this season intact. And part of this is, for our church, even, even thinking at a financial level, you know, this is something we don't talk about that often, but I felt like going into COVID was like, on one hand, it felt like we were going in dark. On the other hand, it kind of felt like Joseph in the Old Testament where God gave a glimpse that a famine was coming, and we're thinking, well, what are we supposed to do to steward these resources because if underemployment's gonna happen, if unemployment's gonna happen, our church is not one that operates based on some endowment or some rich folks who just generously give tons of money. Our church exists because like Randy said, 
we all, including me, right? We get some sort of paycheck and we give the first fruits back to the Lord and we surrender those resources and we use those resources to do ministry. And yet going into a season where folks are going to be out of work, where resources aren't coming our way, it's like who knows what this pandemic is going to do to us financially, right? And so we pivoted, right? We had to cancel a bunch of stuff because of the pandemic, and so we were spending less money. We made some changes with some staff folks. We had a lot of folks who couldn't get their hours because we weren't open. We did our best to keep people working, keep people employed. Like a lot of our staff took pay cuts. A few of our staff volunteered to go without pay for several months. Like we weathered the storm, having no idea where we'd land on the other side because it's, it's felt like going into the darkness of COVID-19. And yet as the sun started to come out and the year ended last year, we saw giving had been down substantially in our general fund, but so had been expenses. And so we we made it. Like we came through and and we didn't make budget, but we came out and we made it without going into the red, right? We made it. At the same time, folks in our church kind of went all in, folks who had some resources, and they sacrificed more resources for hurting people in our community. So last year was a year that we gave out more money than I think we've ever given out in the history of our church in a single year. We gave out $100,000 in help to individuals in our local community, another $100,000 to entities and organizations and churches that were suffering in our community, and God allowed us to go into the pandemic with a surplus in benevolence, and we're like, we're just going to spend it, and then we had more come in than we spent, and so we just kept giving money away to help other people stay afloat, and it was one of those moments where it's like, this is not us at all. That's not the moral of the story. If the Lord had not been on our side, we wouldn't have made it. Right? Our, our missions program exploded last year. We were able to bring a lot of relief to folks who were really hit hard by the pandemic. We were able to support hundreds of pastors in 17, 18, 19 countries last year. One of the best missions years in the history of our church. We were able to do this remodel, right? We have a deficit in that project because we kind of went all in while the church was all out, right? And uh, And so we're still looking to pay that off. But even over the last few months, we started this year with a $350,000 deficit in our building fund. We're down to 150 deficit in our, 150,000 in our building fund. And and we we got a ways to go, right? Because giving is still down because the pandemic hit hard. And... Now we're bringing our staff back and we're bringing our ministries back and we're sending kids to summer camp, right? And so our, our expenditures are going up again. But we, we continue to do one thing, to trust the Lord and trust that God will provide the resources to do the ministry he's called us to do. And we just deeply believe as a board, as a church, that, that when we honor him with, with what we need to do, he brings in the finances to do that work. And so we made it. We barely made it, but we made it. Because God was with us in this last year. And we made him. Now that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin, as we look at, at Psalm 124, and as we look at the world that we just walked through in the last 12 months, is, is that we barely made it. And one of the things that I think we need to remember in a moment of processing like this is just because we made it doesn't mean that all of us made it. Psalm 124 does have some militaristic vibes in it about enemies and people coming at them. And if you have any kind of military background, you know that even though you win the battle, even though you win the war, even though you get out alive, that doesn't mean that every soldier came home from the battlefield. And this has been a year where even though we made it, we didn't all make it. 
I mean that in, in, in a lot of different ways. And we're going to spend the bulk of our time that's left kind of talking about just all of the, the toll that COVID and the season surrounding it has affected on the body life of our church and of our world. Because when I say that some of us didn't make it, I mean that literally, physically. There are people who didn't make it through the pandemic with us. And we've got folks on our staff, folks in our church, we've got loved ones who COVID took their lives. We did more funerals than we would want to related to the pandemic itself. But at the same time, man, this has been a year where it was hard to walk through a season of grief physically because most people who are suffering this last year suffered alone. I was in the hospital just a month or so ago with a family whose husband was diagnosed with with some sort of cancer right before the pandemic hit. And nobody knew in our church that he had been struggling. But by by the end of the pandemic, the cancer finally had taken his life. And so if his, I don't know if she's back today, but if his wife comes back to church, she's got to answer that question of, hey, where's your husband? And she's got to say, he he didn't make it. He, He didn't physically make it through the pandemic. He's not here anymore he didn't escape with his life. Emotionally, a lot of people didn't make it. A lot of people are still trying to struggle to make it mentally. And we've talked a lot about mental illness and emotional stress and distress. I talked to a Christian psychologist a few weeks ago who said, you need to understand as, as you lead your church that everyone in your church has gone through an intense season of trauma because COVID-19 was a global traumatic event. I talked to a pastor a couple weeks ago who said, Danny, you have to understand that in my church context, he, he's leading a, uh, an Asian church context here in the Bay Area, and there's been so, so much trauma in the Asian community this last year. He says, Danny, you have to understand that there's a fair percentage of, of men and women in my church who will never step foot outside of their homes ever again. Right? Last March was the last time they walked on the sidewalk outside their home. Their, their kids bring them food. Uh, their, their friends come and support them and work on the houses, but, but from the pandemic to Asian hate to the mental toll to the, the ability that they found to live inside their homes, he said, I'm not just talking about regathering people into my church. Some of my people, we're never going to literally ever see them again. This has been a hard year emotionally, mentally. This has been a hard year spiritually. You know, researchers said at the beginning of the pandemic that, that likely one of the pieces of collateral damage from this season is that there's a lot of folks who are connected with church, especially churches like ours that are very outreach focused, who, who kind of were like the, they were like the people looking in on what Christians do, right? They're going to church because their mom makes them go to church, right? Or they're coming to church because they're learning about Jesus for the first time. Or they're coming to church because their friend invited them to church, but they're not a believer yet. Or they're new to their faith. Or like Jesus says, they're one of those seeds that was planted but has not yet taken roots, the research said, you know what, just be prepared that we're going to lose those people when there's no church for 16 months or whatever it is. That, that folks who are not ingrained in the body of Christ, or ingrained into Jesus himself, those folks aren't going to make it spiritually. Their faith will be shipwrecked. And we know that God is in control, that whatever good work he begins, he will carry out to the day of completion, that no one can escape his grip. Man, I mean, look around, right? This is a season of, of spiritual hardship. Some people didn't make it spiritually. Now, some people walked away from the Lord. But I think some of what, what we've experienced here at Three Crosses and, and other people have experienced in churches all around the Bay and around the world is, is some people didn't just walk away from the Lord, but, but some people left our church. I mean, if you want to, you can look around right now. This room was full a year and a half ago, Right? 
11 o'clock. 1,200 people, 800 people, right? Where is everybody? And there's a lot of factors that that affect that, right? The pandemic has done that uh, to a lot of churches. Every pastor I've talked to in every city in the U.S. that I've talked to them are all telling the same story. They said, you know what? It, It feels like everyone in my church is mad. No one likes our church anymore. And everyone's going to the church down the street, right? And so then we go to the church down the street and say, what's going on? They're like, same thing happened to me. I don't know where they went. They went to the church down the street, right? And I have this image in my mind that I feel like all of us as pastors around the community are experiencing, which was on the front page of the paper in the 1950s here at our church in Oakland, when during our Christmas presentation, the sheep escaped. Do you ever hear this story? <laughs> this is an amazing story. I'm going to tell you the story if you haven't heard it. So we were doing our Christmas show and reaching out to the community. And part of our Christmas outreach we've always had is live animals on the stage. And it got got about time for the sheep's big entrance and the shepherds look and they're gone. Somebody had actually opened the back door to the sheep pen and they wandered. This is what sheep do. They wandered off. And so the shepherd's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Right? And so they go start booking it and they see the sheep booking it down MacArthur Boulevard in Oakland. And so the shepherds, in full-on biblical shepherd garb, are running down the street trying to catch the sheep, right? And this journalist comes out like, like, and front page of the Oakland Tribune, right, is this picture of downtown Oakland, all these sheep, all these shepherds trying to find the sheep and bring them back to the fold again. Now, that's what it feels like to be a pastor in our world in 2021, is it feels like for every church that I've talked to, we're looking around like, where did everybody go, right? It's almost like when there's a big natural disaster, like a hurricane flood, right? And everyone, we're like, we got to make sure everyone's accounted for. Where are they, right? Some people are in that convention center. Some people are on that roof over there. Some people are still in their homes. Some people fled the state, right? And so we're looking around like people are in Nashville and Boise and Atlanta, right? People are uh, in that church and that church and that church. People aren't coming to church yet. People are on the internet. Hello, internet people, right? People are all over the place. And it feels like we're in a season where all of us pastors have to come together and just put down our roles of our church and say like, okay, we're just going to call roll here. If this person is in your church, say here, right? And we got to find these people and just make sure they're okay, right? There's been that level of spiritual loss, which is a catastrophe coming out of the global pandemic, especially in America. Because in America, we do have this culture where you find a church that best suits you, right? And so a lot of folks went to other churches from other churches because the politics of their church wasn't what they liked, or the masking protocols wasn't what they liked, or how they dealt with racial uh, injustice in the summer wasn't what they liked, or how they honored or dishonored different groups of people isn't what they liked. And so we have had a season where people have been watching online all these different ministries that like, this church fits more with who I am. And so coming out, it's like, where are we going to reemerge? Three crosses, right? We're going to emerge at Cornerstone, we're emerge at Redwood or at First Baptist. Like, where are we going to reemerge coming out of this season? And so there's a natural loss of sheep, <laughs> as we're trying to figure out where folks are. That, that's a devastating but normal part of COVID-19. And yet I think us at Three Crosses have, have experienced this phenomenon a little more acutely because of a couple of factors, right? One of them is my fault. We're going to talk about that. And one of them is just the nature of, of where we're at. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that one first. It's a little easier for me. Um, we are a church in transition. 
Now, if you've been coming for the last couple of years, you might not realize this, but this is my third year as the senior pastor here at Three Crosses, and I'm following an amazing senior pastor, Larry, who led for 23 years in that role. So we've got this amazing history of longevity, continuity. This is my 21st year on staff here at the church, right? So it, it doesn't feel like we're in transition, but we're in transition. And if you ever study church transitions, something that happens is year one, right, some folks disappear, They're like, I like that Larry guy, this new guy, not so much, right? Okay. Year two, that's the year that I got to meet a global pandemic. Year two in your leadership, it's kind of where the next layer, like the crowd, some of the congregation starts to peel off. Say, you know what? I tried it. I'm going to try something else. Okay, right? Year three is supposed to be the hardest. Year three of senior pastor transition is the year where people in your core start to leave your church. Like your friend, my friends start to leave the church. The people who are like, you know what, I gave it a shot with this new guy, I don't like him, start to leave the church. The people who come up and they say, like, I feel like this place is changing. I've been here for 35 years, but it's time for me to find a new place, start to leave the church. That's a, a natural part of, of transition, and yet everyone told me coming in, right, this is the hardest part of transition. I remember I was talking to Pastor Randy this week, and he said, I remember when you first started, you said, hey, guys, just be aware that a church senior pastor transition is kind of like the transition of the Israelites leaving Egypt, where at first it's really exciting, and then people are like, I don't know if I like the desert, right? And then by the year three, people are like, I want to go back. I want to go back in time. I want, I want Larry again, right? But then there's no going back, and so it feels like, well, maybe I can just go somewhere else. And so that's, that's hard. We expected that. The pandemic did not make that easier, but that's normal, but that's, that's something that affects just us and the churches who are in this stage of transition uh, more, more than the ones who are not in this stage of transition. And so there's, there's a natural kind of shift because of the pandemic. There's some acute issues that we have because of the nature of senior pastor transition. And then the third reason that folks are leaving our church, I'm just going to say it, is because of stuff that I've not done well over the last 16 months. I told you about all the changes that we've made and how we've decisions and pivots and decisions and pivots. And I feel like we got really good at making decisions but I don't feel like I got really good or ever was really good at communicating the decisions that we were making. You know, we, by the grace of God, we have not had any moral failure at our church. We have not had people who transition out because of sin. Like, that's something that kills churches. But one of the things that I've learned over the last 16, 18 months is, is that poor communication can really hurt churches. Right? And so when we make a decision to, to change the leadership in our community outreach ministry and, and cross streets ministry disbands and I don't communicate it well, people feel hurt by that. They don't feel heard by that. People feel like we don't care about them when we do that. People don't know where we're going when I don't tell them where we're going in the midst of all that. Right? When we have fat staff members transition out for, for good reasons, for medium reasons, whatever it is, right? Retirement or there was nothing for them to do or just wasn't working coming out of COVID, whatever, right? That's all normal. But when I don't communicate what's happening up here, and I don't give you a glimpse into who's leaving and why, or give you a time to honor somebody who's on their way out, whatever it is, right, that's hurtful, that's confusing. That makes you feel like, well, does my church even care about me anymore? You know, a few weeks ago, uh, we had to make another tough call, kind of coming through COVID. We were trying to keep our, our musical programs alive. We do Christmas, Easter, summer musical, and and man, it had been hard. We lost our choir and orchestra director, transitioned out in the midst of COVID. And so we had amazing volunteers and amazing temporary staff and full-time staff trying to keep it going through the pandemic. And it was getting harder and harder. And 
I met with our team here, the music and arts team of our church, and they just expressed me, and it feels like we're just dying slowly. We need an infusion of life, and I've been looking for someone to be hired to lead the charge in the next season. We have not found that person yet, and so we had to make a hard decision to just call it for a while and say, you know what? We're not going to be able to pull off summer musical this year. We're not going to be able to pull off Christmas like we've done in the past this year. We're not going to be able to pull off Easter most likely because we have a one-year planning cycle like we've done in the past this next year. And so I'm like, all right, we, we had to make some changes. I sent out a letter to like 200 volunteers, and the letter was just terrible. Right? It just it told them kind of that we, we got some vision. We had to make a hard decision, but it, but it left people who read it feeling like we don't care. feeling like we're killing this thing forever, feeling like we're changing our values, feeling like they don't matter. I talked to somebody on the phone just this week about it who just said, Danny, you have to understand. She was gracious and honest, and I loved it. She said, you have to understand that we are sheep and you are the shepherd. And, And when you sent out that letter, it just felt like what you were doing was walking over to the the pen gate of the sheep pen and saying, you guys can leave if you want because we don't want you here anymore. Right? So that's like a stab in the heart because that is not how I feel, right? Uh, C.S. Lewis says that we are called to shepherd the sheep, not run experiments on my rats, right? This is, so our heart has always been to care well for the sheep that God has brought into the fold as under shepherds, under the chief shepherd Jesus, as the last thing that I want to hear that I'm making people feel. And yet I had kind of had, had to come to terms as I've been processing through this pandemic of, man, the way that I've not communicated the way that I have communicated the things that we have communicated, the way that we carried out the decisions and the timelines in the midst of all of this, it made people feel unwanted, uncared for, made it feel like the whole church was falling apart. And so, if, you know, you might be like, what are you talking about, right? Some of you are like, I know exactly what he's talking about. If you know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. I, we love this church. I love you. I have, I never wanted anyone to feel that way. And I'm working right now on just some things that we can do coming out of this season to fix some of the problems that I've caused by the way that I've communicated the changes that have been made over the midst of the last 16 months. I've had a lot of really good, honest conversations. I've probably had two dozen conversations with folks in our music and arts community. I got to connect with everyone who's leading our cross streets ministry for the most part. Um, talk to folks within the church about what's going on and Those have been good conversations, but it's just a sliver of the hundreds of people who've been affected in this last year. You know, the truth is, this has been an exhausting season for everyone, right? I'm just, I am sorry that some of the things that I did or didn't do or said or didn't say added a level of weightiness to your shoulders in a season that you already felt like you couldn't carry anymore weight. And so in the next few months, part of of what I'm doing to, start to come out of this is, is communicate better. We're going to take some time today and share a little bit about where we're going in the next season. And, and part of what I'm doing is just starting to connect more and more with folks who've been part of different ministries that have experienced changes during COVID to just sit face to face and say, I'm sorry in person to be able to kind of hear and process with folks, give them a glimpse of where we're going, to kind of see how we can go from here to there, to reinfuse this idea of we are not trying to kill any of our ministries here. This has been a hard season, but we are coming out of this thing with our vision intact, with our values intact. We're going to honor the Lord in this next season, and he's going to do amazing work. But we're sorry for the way that that I made you feel, by the way that, that we navigated these things, and 
whether it's my lack of communication or the poor communication, ugh, I'm sorry, That's, it's been, it's hopefully a season that we can start doing better and I'm gonna commit to doing, communicating things in a way that's more life-giving and helpful to people than I've done over the last 16 months. And so we've made it, you, sure. So we made it. <laughs> we almost didn't make it, but we made it. And we made it because the Lord got us through it. And if we hurt you along the way, we're sorry. And if you're still here with us, praise God for you that you stuck with it in the midst of a really hard season. And if you've got friends who have left, send them this message and, and see if we can start a conversation with them. I get it. It's, it's been a hard year, but we made it. I would love to spend just a, a few minutes, kind of one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I've gotten is, Danny, we have no idea where we're going. <laughs> What's the next plan? What are we doing coming out of COVID, right? You said you're reopening the church, but where is everything? Why aren't we reopened yet, right? Somebody came up to me last week and said, Danny, when are you going to reopen the church? I said, sir, we've been reopened for months. He's like, no, I mean open, open. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, the cafe. I'm like, the cafe's open. He's like, yeah, but they close early. When are you going to really reopen? When are you going to stop? He said, when are you going to stop bowing down to fear, right? I'm like, well, we're not reopening the cafe because of fear, right? It's because of revenue, right? We're trying to get our customers back, right? Reopening is easy. It's a light switch. Regathering is very difficult, right? Reopening is easy. Reconnecting God's people is a new journey that we need to embark on. And so I want to give you guys a glimpse into the journey we're trying to take towards not just reopening the church and turning on the lights and inviting you back in, but getting our ministries back open again after this long season of absence. Right? It's kind of like you got a car, think of like Jurassic Park. Remember when they go and they find that Jeep that's been in the barn forever? And it's like, I hope this thing still works. It's been in the barn forever, right? That's how church is. I hope it still works, right? We're opening the church slowly. And so I'm going to give you just a couple of things. I'm going to tell you about the values of our church coming out of this season because this is not where we ever expected to be as a church. We can be honest about that. I never thought I'd be here right now saying this to you people like this, right? But here we are, and we are reopening and very excited about some of the things that God has done behind the scenes so that we can reopen in a way that engages more lost people than ever before, disciples more believers in a better way than ever before, and impacts our community and our world in ways that we've never seen before. And so we are very excited. So I'm just gonna give you a glimpse of the values of our church coming out of COVID-19 and the vision of our church coming out of COVID-19. So you don't have to write this down, but I'm gonna put a few things on the screen about as we reopen, here's how we're gonna do it. Right, number one, we're gonna come out of COVID as a biblically healthy church. Some of you are thinking, I thought we were a biblical. We are, we've always been. We're gonna keep doing that. We are gonna come out of COVID-19 as a biblically healthy church. That means like we did today, we are going to use the scriptures as a guide for everything that we do. We are not just creating a church that gets a bunch of people in a room and we do cool things, right? We are going to be a church as the scriptures define what a church should be, right? We're gonna bear one another's burdens. We're gonna call one another, we're gonna call one another out on sin. We're gonna care for folks well. We're gonna visit folks in the hospital when they're sick. We're gonna come alongside folks who are grieving. We're gonna celebrate with those who are rejoicing. We're gonna engage in community. We're gonna practice the one another's of scripture. We're going to live life as a family, as a community, as the Bible defines it. Our theology is gonna come from the Bible. Our worldview is gonna come from the Bible. The way we build our ministries are gonna come from the Bible. The way that we teach in our ministries is going to be from the Bible, right? And all that to say, we're going to come out of COVID-19 as a biblically healthy church. 
We want to reach lost people for Jesus, and we want to disciple them like the scriptures teach to believe and obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. We are going to create fully devoted followers of Christ, to borrow a term from our mission statement in the 80s. We're going to come out of COVID as a biblically healthy church. That's a non-negotiable. Right, second non-negotiable, we're going to come out of COVID-19 as a gospel preaching church. We are not going to let this pandemic turn us inward. Right, there's the teddy bear effect of COVID-19 where it's been so hard, we're just going to come to a church and hug each other and say, just save us from the world outside. We're not going to do that, right? We're going to hug, um, as it's safe to do so. We're going to hug, but at the same time, we're going to keep our eyes on the world outside our doors. We're going to find opportunities to share the gospel with folks who are far from Christ. We're going to take time this fall to do a series to equip us to change our worldview, to value people and their souls, to invite them into relationship with Jesus. We're going to do outreach at our church. We're looking forward to Christmas and opening our doors to folks who are far from God and reaching them with the gospel. We are going to come out of COVID-19 as a gospel-preaching church. We have always said Three Crosses is a biblically healthy church primarily passionate about reaching lost people for Jesus Christ. And if that's the church you remember, that's the church we're going to continue to be as we come out of the season. Those two are non-negotiable. The third is not as weighty, but it's important. We're going to come out of COVID as a regional church. Now, there's a beautiful story about how we got this property here in the East Bay in, in the 1960s. We we found out that the interstate highway system was coming in. And someone on our board, I don't even know who it was, said, you know what, when the highways come in, we're gonna have a moment in time that we have a, an opportunity to impact an entire region with the gospel. And so we came to the six landowners that own this property and said, will you sell it to our church so we can bulldoze your house? And everybody somehow miraculously eventually ended up saying yes. And so we took a million yards out of dirt of this property. We shipped it down to the Coliseum. You can go look at Oracle and see how it's on the berm there, right? That's a million yards of dirt, backfilled that place. And we built a church here and the freeways came up and we said, we're coming to this place because we have a vision to reach the entire region for the gospel. That is our vision. We want to be a regional church. In all that we do, we want to impact not just the people of this one-mile radius, but a two, three, four, five-mile radius from Fremont, Alameda, Oakland, this wedge of the pie. We want to be a church that reaches lost people and equips believers in our region. So biblically healthy church, gospel preaching church, and a regional church. And kind of tactically, as we kind of build this next season on those three core values, the three things that, that we've kept in our minds, and I put them all with G so you can remember, are gather, grow, and go. We're going to go after that in this context of a biblically healthy, gospel-preaching regional church. We're going to gather people. We are, you can pray for us at this effect. We're currently looking to hire someone to oversee all the large-scale gatherings we do at this church, right? Sunday mornings, creative outreach, inviting the community to fill this room, to preach the gospel, to worship, to disciple folks. We're building a gathering arm of our church, right? First step for our new leader is to redevelop worship here at the church. We've had amazing volunteers who've got us through this season, and a lot of them have never led worship before, and yet they're doing an amazing job of filling this gap. But as this new leader reemerges, we're going to redevelop what we do on Sunday mornings to create an experience that is life-giving and engaging and allows us to meet with God together in unbelievable ways as this as this season continues of gathering people back to church again. We're going to start here. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to look at, at the, the holiday seasons and say, you know what, what can we do for Christmas this year to reach lost people in our community? We've got a 
multi-year history, a multi-decade history of opening our doors to tens of thousands of people at Christmas. What are we going to do this year? We're going to build a Christmas outreach, and we're going to invite the community in to hear the gospel in this room. We're going to start this Christmas. We're going to look at next Easter and say, what can we do next Easter? We're going to start regathering our outreach program over these next few months. And then third, we're going to look to our community and say, what are some things that we can do that are innovative, that are, that are world-changing, that are connecting for folks who are far from God? And we're going to invite them up here. We're going to gather in this room. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to equip people. We're going to disciple believers. We're going to gather as a church. Let's gather. Second, we're going to grow. We've got another team that we've developed during COVID, our, our community life team that's passionate. It's all of our pastoral staff, uh, or most of them, I guess, and a lot of our ministry directors have started this new team and said, okay, how are we going to regather as a people into life-giving community where we can grow? How are we going to get our communities up and running again? How are we going to get people back in, in students' ministries and kids' ministries and men's and women's and seniors and adults and families, right? And so they're building a strategy right now of how we can grow in community in this next season. Or if that's something that interests you, next Sunday is going to be our first regathering event. This summer we're kind of starting slow, but we're starting big. We got three big parties going on this summer. The next is next Sunday, right after church at 1230 in the gym. And we're just going to see who's here. And we're going to say, let's start gathering people in community again. And we'll share some of the things we have now. We'll share a glimpse of where we're going this fall. Our hope is this fall we'll be able to relaunch a community for everyone at Three Crosses once again. So we're building those plans right now. We gather and then we're going to grow in community. And then third, finally, we're going to go We've been talking for a long time about the growing need for us to get off this hill and into the world. And so one of the teams that we built during this COVID season is a one that is re-envisioning how we can mobilize people in our church to make a gospel impact on the world outside our doors. Right, this is where we're going as we shift from our cross streets model to our new model. We're building uh, relationships with nonprofits in the community, relationships with Christian organizations in the community, relationships with schools and entities in the community, all in an effort to mobilize us, God's people, to live shoulder to shoulder with folks outside our doors to engage our community with the gospel and share Christ with them. We're going to gather, we're going to grow, and then we're going to go and we're going to bring the gospel wherever we go. And so we, we'll keep you posted along the way. I know that's not everything you need to know, but in terms of the gathering, come back next week. Pray for us this week. We're interviewing a, 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 a candidate to oversee this team we're developing. In terms of growing, come next week to our gathering that's happening after church. In terms of going, stay tuned. We're going to start sharing some ways that you can serve in the community. We're going to gather. We're going to grow. We're going to grow. Go. Coming out of this COVID-19 season. You know, we don't know everything about what's going to happen in the next season. We do know now we need to process the year that's been behind us. We're going to move forward with God's help in the season to come. And so I'm going to give you quick just four things you can do. Don't worry, like four more things. Real quick, right? Number one, pray. I would love for you to pray for our ministry in the midst of all that I just shared. Pray for us coming out of this season. Second thing, engage. Come on Sundays. Join our communities. Engage with our outreach into our communities. Engage with what God's doing here at Three Crosses. Right? Third, help us stay unified. And one of the things that is a result of the way that I've not communicated well in this past year is that everyone kind of had to make up their own version of what they thought was happening up here, right? And so I know there's a thousand theories about what we're doing and where we're going. And so now that you've got a little bit of a glimpse, hopefully you can use that glimpse to help us stay on the same page as we walk through this season. 
Now, I've been thinking a lot about Ephesians 4, 3, that says, make every effort to maintain, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, this could be a verse for you to write on your mirror and say, okay, I can help our church in this season by holding us close with one another as we begin to regather as a community. So pray, engage, maintain unity, and finally, praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord. Let's not forget Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say. If the Lord had not been on our side, that phrase, let Israel say, is a phrase where the psalmist is saying, this is not just a report of what's happened, but this is a command that that we need to praise the Lord because he got us through a really tough season together. So, man, I know that's a lot. You still there? I know that's a lot. Thank you for being here today. This has been one of those moments in our church life that I'm realizing a couple things. One, we just got to like put some stuff out there that that might be hard to hear. Um, Two, that God is in control of all things, right? Last week when I opened the, the scriptures to Psalm 124 and to prepare this sermon, I'm like, Oh, geez, this is exactly what Psalm 124 is about. And so God is overseeing everything that we're doing, and we're thankful that he's in charge. But I'm going to pray for us. Uh, It's been a long season. A lot of us need prayer for a lot of reasons. And so I know this sermons are one-way conversations. And so I'd love to connect with any of you about any of this, or at the very least today, go to our prayer room and let someone process with you, pray with you as an individual, or feel free to come and chat with me after the service. I'll I'll be right here. Love to keep the conversation going. But let's pray together, and then we'll move into our week.